Welcome back to Astrology and You. So this week we're going to be debunking some common myths or common stereotypes of the 12 signs of the zodiac. Yeah, I feel like um, on Instagram and just like on websites a lot, you see all these memes about the signs and some signs get a lot more shit than other ones. Um, So we kind of just wanted to set the record straight and be like, no, like there aren't certain signs that are purely negative and there aren't certain signs that are better than others. Every sign has like a shadow and a strength side. Mm -hmm. And we kind of just wanted to go through common misconceptions and why that might be wrong. Yeah, exactly. I feel like certain signs especially are so misunderstood, like misinterpreted. And there gets to be this almost ranking system where people will think that their sign is bad or having like their moon in, you know, Scorpio or whatever is like has a super negative quality to it but like that is never the case there's always going to be strengths and shadows of expressing any sign yeah I think it's safe to say that Gemini and Scorpio definitely get the most hate Um, (laughs) and I it's to the point where like I have people be like I found out I was a Gemini rising and I was so scared and I'm like why yeah I don't understand Yeah, no, and I mean, I have a Gemini rising and a Scorpio moon, so I totally feel you. Like, when I first looked into that on the internet, you get all of this ridiculous stuff that just gives you such surface level. Um, It's almost like what you hear about in pop astrology or memes and stuff. There is a little grain of truth to it, I would say, but it ultimately is like that can be an offshoot of maybe like an more negative manifestation of that Gemini energy. Like I love being Mm -hmm. friendly. I love being talkative. And at times I can stray from that and be a people pleaser. And I feel like sometimes that manifests as when people say like you're two-faced or something, like people might perceive it differently, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that that is all that that sign is. Yeah. And it's just annoying because it's like, if you encounter a bad Gemini or something or someone you don't like who's a Gemini, Mm. then it's like, okay, I'm writing off all Geminis forever. Mm. Um, So yeah, there are definitely different ways people with the same sign could express that sign differently, which we'll be getting into. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. But basically we just want to stress that there is no sign that is better or worse than any other sign. Like you actually have all 12 zodiac signs within your birth chart. So at any point in time, you will express any of these signs. Yeah. One thing to say on that is like, it's so funny when someone's like so passionately (laughs) um, dislikes a sign. Cause I'm like, you literally have that sign in you and that person's probably just bringing out traits in yourself that you don't like about yourself. Okay. And on that, I always find that it's people's 12th house. Do you find that too, Alice? Yeah. Cancer is my 12th house and (laughs) cancer is, it annoys me. (laughs) But it's funny because it's like part of yourself, right? So it's like Mm -hmm. a reflection for you of what do I have to heal here? Yeah. And it's like the, yeah, it's like the hidden part of myself, the parts I don't want to look at. So when Mm. someone's cancer planets trigger that, it, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, that's so important to note. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So before we get into those kind of myths of the 12 zodiac signs, we wanted to begin by just sharing a little bit about the transit for the week ahead with Mars going into Libra. Yeah, that's like really the only 
major trans that we have this week. Um, so Mars spins kind of around six to eight weeks in a sign. I think it'll be in Libra for like six weeks though. Um, and whatever sign it goes into shows where you're directing a lot of your energy at that time and like what you're motivated to put energy towards. So when I think of Mars going into Libra, it's a lot about putting energy into being more social and like connecting with people. Um, I think we've seen in the past few weeks as Mars has been through Virgo since when did it move into Virgo? Like end of July, um, a lot of like maybe more critical tendencies or really feeling the need to get organized and get your life together. And now that it's finally moving out of Virgo into Libra, it's definitely like more relaxed and like allows you to have maybe more of a social life or focus on building relationships. Yeah, huge emphasis on relationships. Um, And also we didn't mention, but this is the 14th that it moves into Libra. So that's a Tuesday. Um, Yeah, and just like Mars also in Libra, I feel like is so foreign to me because I have mine opposite in Aries. Um, But I do feel like it makes, it helps me. I notice each time that Mars is in Libra just to reflect a bit more before I jump into things like kind of weighing your options or weighing how things will affect others around you. It's like instead of acting first, thinking later, it's like let's think about all possibilities and then act. Mm -hmm. One thing that is important to note about Mars and Libra is that it is halfway between the Mars retrograde cycles because Mars was retrograde in Aries last year. So now we're Mm -hmm. halfway around the zodiac. Mars is meeting up with the sun in Libra during Libra season. So this is the beginning of a new Mars cycle for everyone, like on a global scale. Um, So maybe there's like a shift leading up to the next Mars retrograde at the end of 2022. Like what is worth putting energy towards. Yeah. And also that's really important to note. And then also I feel like on a more global scale, Mars and Libra is a lot about maybe people wanting to fight for justice, more fairness, but also understanding like compromise and wanting to not like write people off. So I'm, you know, I think that's an important energy to have come up. It's definitely less aggressive. It's like, yeah, if you have Mars and Libra in your birth chart, you might even be someone that's passive aggressive at times because you don't want to upset people. Um, and you're kind of always taking other people into consideration, not wanting to get upset. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Okay. So let's move into our topic for the week. So debunking the 12 signs of the Zodiac. Is there anything you want to just stress before we jump into them, Alice? I think we touched upon it a lot in the intro. Like everyone has all 12 signs, um, depending on where they are, what houses they border in your chart. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what else did I want to touch upon? Um, we're going to run through this by element. So we're going to do fire, earth, air, water, um, and give kind of a few examples of each. We're not going to go like Aries, Taurus, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is just kind of like a general overview. Um, If we were to get into them in a greater depth, it would take like three hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's um, what our course is for. Yes, yeah. And we that was a big week. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you're in, in, interested in the future, we'll definitely have another course come like the winter 2022. Yeah. Okay, so let's kick it off with fire signs and some misconceptions about Aries, Leo, or Sagittarius. Okay, so I think the biggest 
one that I see with all of these fire signs. And like, if someone comes to me with a, for a reading and they have all fire, like their big three are all on fire. They're like, I'm so worried that I come off like as too much. Like they're worried about taking up space or they're worried that they are too energetic or they overwhelm people. And the thing is though, is like, that is what they're meant to do. They're here to take Mm -hmm. up space and to be big and loud and make people feel motivated and inspired. Yeah. They definitely have like, they bring a lot of energy into a room. I feel like Mm. when a fire sign walks into a room, like you notice and you like feel them. Um, I would say across the board, like one thing a fire sign needs to watch out for is like being all talk and no action. Mm. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Cause, um, like the fire energy itself, they want to act. They're inspired. Like they'll hear some plan someone's creating or an idea and they'll jump in and like pump them up almost or be like, yeah, that sounds great. And then, sometimes they can spread themselves too thin because if they're constantly jumping into things. Yeah, I feel like I phrased that wrong. Not all talk, no action, but a lot of, maybe a lot of action, but not a lot of follow through. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean. And that's definitely a misconception, I feel like, too, in a lot of ways. Like, sometimes people will just assume, again, like, this is all about assumptions that, every fire sign will have that quality to them but that is of course not true Mm -hmm. like Aries being impulsive or um Leo just needing a lot of attention on them Mm -hmm. yeah and definitely the Aries like I relate to that a lot because I have placements in Aries and I absolutely am super impulsive so I think that is true but it is something where I think the misconception is kind of a lot about, okay, how do you use this energy? And I I feel like the fire signs with the Aries, it's like a need to jump into things because you just want to experience life. You want to like go out and do things. It doesn't come from a like, you know, bad intention place. Yeah, no, I feel like across the board with all fire signs, they're all just like super adventurous and they like to have new experiences. Like they get restless when they're stuck doing the same thing for too long. Mm, Yeah, and also very, I feel like a leadership quality across the board. Like all of them want to, like if people are just kind of stagnant or, you know, stuck in things or there's nothing going on, like it's not that Leo wants to always be in the lead it's just that they'll naturally like okay let's take initiative let's like I'll I'll be the person to like do this thing you know Mm -hmm. and so they naturally attract the spotlight to them for that sense as an example yeah I do want to linger on Leo because that sign does get a lot of flack for um being like too self-centered or self-obsessed when like Leo is ruled by the sun the sun is like literally the center of the universe like they're kind of meant to attract that (laughs) attention and like constantly be expressing themselves and putting themselves out there. So maybe a negative side might be like, look at me, look at me. I'm not good enough unless everyone's looking at me. But like, I feel like they kind of need recognition and they need to be constantly putting themselves out there in order to feel more fulfilled. Mm, Yeah. And that's exactly it. It's like how fire signs feel fulfilled is through engaging with the world and being energetic. So if you have these placements, it's so important that you allow yourself to find what it is that your energy just like is drawn to and then actively expressing it. Mm -hmm. 
What would you say about Sagittarius? Because I feel like we haven't really talked about that one at all. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I think the biggest misconception I always hear is like that they're flaky. Yeah. I've noticed with kind of people with Sagittarius placements, they have a lot of plans and they get really worked up and optimistic and enthusiastic about everything. But then they just kind of like, they take on more than they can handle. Mm-hmm. I would say that's the one because it's ruled by Jupiter. So it's like, so, um, like thinking they can do everything and getting these like momentary highs and then not being able to do all the follow through on it. Mm. Yeah. And so I think something I, I always, when I see that in a birth chart, what I'd recommend is just allowing that person to still be energetic, to still be motivating and encouraging and like excited about life. Um, but I think something to temper that with is just to, really be mindful of when they say yes and commit to something or just allowing themselves to kind of wait a day or two to see if that excitement is still there. Or, you know, if they do jump into something in the moment, great, but just not being so hard on themselves if they do want to move on to something. Because I feel like fire signs are great initiators and they're great encouragers, but maybe, you know, they might need some help to see things through to the end. Like they might need to lead people or etc. Mm-hmm. One thing I see a lot with like memes and stuff is Sagittarius always being the life of the party. And I feel like that's not entirely accurate. A lot of the time, like Sagittarius, I mean, yeah, they are like outgoing. They like to like have new experiences, take risks, but not all Sagittarius are party animals. Mm. And they burn out. Like, I mean, I think, I mean, they have a lot of energy, so I wouldn't say they burn out super fast, but people recognize that all fire signs have a lot of energy and therefore throw a lot at them. Like if you, I know that when I worked um, for a big company, people would always throw things my way and throw them on my plate. And I feel like Mm -hmm. it was because they recognize that Aries energy in me and fire. So it's Mm. so important that you're like, no, I don't have energy to take on just anything. Like I need to set boundaries with how I use my energy. And also Sagittarius finding like a deeper meaning in life. Yeah, spiritual connection. What do you believe in? What do you want to research? What do you want to study? It's a lot about like aligning yourself with something bigger than you and like feeling like you feel connected more and like you feel like you have a purpose in the grand scheme of things. Like Sagittarius is always looking to have deeper meaning in whatever they're doing. Mm, Yes, I love that. Okay, let's, is there anything you'd add or should we jump to? No, let's go to earth signs. Okay. Um, Yeah, so earth signs, this is very near to my heart because I'm a Taurus um, sun, but basically Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn are the three earth signs. And I think a big thing that, that is kind of like a common thread through all of them is that they're kind of like inactive or they're so hardworking that they hyper-focus on that over other aspects of their life, like relationships, for example. And like thinking of, I don't know, I kind of see Taurus as like the odd one out with the earth signs. Yeah. But when I think of like Virgo and Capricorn, I think of those, the cliches as being like so critical and like, um, being so hyper-focused on work that they just, like, get anxious and, like, I don't know, they aren't able to relax. Yeah, very serious. Yeah. Um, and I feel like with that, also, it's so important to note that all of the earth signs do have this common thread. Like, the underlying factor is that they all want stability, security, 
security is such a keyword for earth signs. And I think that's a lot of the time when you see them being practical or a little bit like, you know, like slow to, I know for me, I'm like slow to change. It's really Mm -hmm. coming from this place of, I want to make sure that I can support this decision or I can like keep it going. Yeah. Like I feel like Capricorn acts a lot out of like needing to um, be recognized like within their career field mm-hmm. and like needing security there um, and like feeling like job security and like having bigger finances and being able to support themselves like that's what helps them feel secure whereas like with Virgo it's like sticking to a routine every day and um, I don't know having these little rituals for themselves and like making sure their body is all good and like they're taking care of themselves that's kind of where they find stability um what would you say with Taurus is like how is that a little different yeah I think Taurus definitely something that I've always heard like I remember even when I was younger reading um about the signs like in magazines and stuff it's always that Taurus are stubborn and I actually think there's a lot of truth to that so that's kind of a misconception that I think has some truth but also the premise or like the underlying motivating factor for Tauruses is that they want to keep comfort and they want to keep this sense of inner peace and calm. And I think Mm -hmm. that is where I derive a lot of like motivating force with it being my sun sign. So it's like not that I'm just stubborn. It's coming from this place of like, why would I change this (laughs) if it's going well? You know what I mean? Yeah, I do feel like you can be pretty stubborn at times, but it's just because you (laughs) like to be at home. Like, I feel like with social activities, like, we gave up on you because you're like, (laughs) I can't come out. I can't go that far. I can't go to this party. Like, I just want to be alone. Yeah. No, that is so true. And Taurus is such a homebody. And it depends, of course, like, what else is going on in your chart. And I think that's a big thing to note like just because you have a Taurus sun doesn't mean it'll show up how it does for me um Mm -hmm. but yeah definitely I need to have like a sanctuary that's peaceful and like a lot of noises I feel like Taurus you can just pick up on so many senses at once it can be super overwhelming to me if I'm like in out in crowds a lot or just like around bright lights or you know like different things so it's like Mm -hmm. kind of needing time to like recuperate in that sense what I love about Taurus and just all the earth signs in general is how like calm and patient and reliable they are actually calm would not apply maybe to Virgo or Capricorn so much (laughs) Um, but yeah just like in general like I feel like they're just so much more grounded and like yeah are able to like pick up yeah, like, are able to pick up, like, the logistics of life. Like, if I'm going on a trip, I get so overwhelmed with, like, making hotel reservations and, like, mm-hmm. all that stuff or, like, paperwork or when I have to send an invoice to a brand. It just, like, overwhelms me and I put it off. I have no earth in my chart. So I do appreciate having an earth sign partner in both work, like, you and my boyfriend's a Taurus. <laughs> True. Um, to fill in those gaps. Like, because sometimes mm-hmm. I just can't, I can't do that stuff. Mm, yeah like super reliable and I actually feel like that's a really good point I feel like all of the earth signs have that similar quality of very much like picking up on those um those kind of mundane things that need to get done like I would say like I 
I'm definitely a schedule person or someone who likes routine. And I find that's really mm-hmm. true for all earth signs. Yeah, I'm definitely learning to develop earth sign traits. Like, <laughs> I feel like I used to be like, uh, like I really don't like earth signs. But now it's like, I need to develop some earth sign in me. Yeah, and your midheaven is there. So I actually feel like it does come out a little bit more when it comes to your work, like in some sense. Like you're very organized. Yeah, okay, yeah, I guess that is true. Like not letting anything slip through the cracks when it comes to career. It's just like little everyday things. Like calling the doctor or yeah. like going to the grocery store. I just yeah. like can't do it. Yes, I love that. So true. And then I do want to touch on, I think of all of the earth signs, Virgo is probably the one that gets the most, like is the most misrepresented, like in all the pop astrology memes, etc. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is, what do you see the most? Because with Virgo, I feel like I see need to fix everyone, um, really critical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... What else. I think Virgo is like one thing people don't pick up on is Virgo's super creative and Virgo's very good at like seeing the little details. Yes, sometimes that can become like critical or even self-critical, but honestly, it's like this willingness to constantly be the first person to be like, yeah, I have more to improve on in myself. Like they're the first person to admit that. Like they can be very humble, I find. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that willingness to kind of grow and improve. Maybe that's my Scorpio, but I love that about Virgos. Um, And then also they're so freaking thoughtful. Like they just Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. all of the people who I know who are Virgos are like, oh, I just wanted to send this to you because I was thinking of you or, you know, just like little things like that. Yeah. All the earth signs, like if they say they're going to do something, there's always, they always do it. Follow through. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Um, so let's move on to air. And I think, Mm -hmm. so air signs are Gemini, Libra, Aquarius. And the common thread throughout all of them that I really find um, that they kind of get like misinterpreted or misrepresented by is that they are people who kind of live a lot in their head. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I do feel like there are, there is a lot of truth to those cliches though. Like I, as an Aquarius sun and Mercury, I'm always in my own head and it's so hard to be present in my body. It, I get criticized a lot. Like I'll be on the phone with someone and I'm not like listening to the conversation. I'm like have to do something else at the same time. Even when we've been recording this podcast, I have to like be on my phone too at the same time. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I feel like it's misunderstood in that they're maybe not interested or like aloof. Like Aquarius gets that a lot, just being like aloof. Um, but what it is is you just have to have like this constant stimulation going on at all times. Yeah, yeah, like mental stimulation constantly. And I think that's where – so some of the cliches, I would say, Alice, you can tell me which ones too, but like – kind of always being in their head, being very rational, detached. You mentioned aloof. Um, Mm -hmm. Just all of these kind of different cliches that stem off of this need for mental stimulation, connection, socializing. Like it's not that these signs are just those cliches. The underlying thing is like they want connection and they want to like live in the world of ideas. Yeah, it's like um, it's just hard to stay focused on one thing at once because you just constantly want to be like learning more and absorbing more information 
Like I read books so fast. Like I spend so much money on books and courses and all of that stuff. Um, mm, yeah. I like, I kind of want to focus on Gemini specifically. Cause like, well, that's a theme across all air signs. I do feel like yeah. Gemini is kind of the most hated on and they get this reputation for being two-faced and like not reliable and flaky and like I just feel like they get all of the hate and I don't know why oh my gosh okay so I this will sound super astrology nerd of me but I'm a Gemini rising and I have always been so interested like why Gemini why do they get so much hate and it's really beautiful because if you go back to early astrology like what Gemini represents and in part the ruling planet Mercury, it's like living in two worlds, like, you know, mm-hmm. one foot on earth, one foot in the spiritual world kind of thing. And so I feel like that's kind of where Gemini gets this reputation of having two faces. It's kind of like this misrepresentation of actually just being that bridge. Mm-hmm. They connect a lot of different ideas and, you know, that's their role. That's what fulfills them. Yeah. And I feel like Gemini's often get this bad reputation for being flaky or unable to commit to one decision or one relationship and be they're mm. called two-faced because yeah. of that. And it's just because they see the world as like a lot of endless possibilities and they're always getting interested in something new, like some new topic or some new mm. social group or new person. And it's hard to settle down and just focus on one thing. Like if I think of the sign that is honestly the most anxious and is the biggest overthinker. It's Gemini. <laughs> yeah. So they do have to deal with that a lot I of the really... time. Um, <laughs> Tied with Virgo, maybe? <laughs> yeah, Gemini and Virgo are like the huge overthinkers and like the warriors um, of the Zodiac. Okay, I so agree. I So I'm a Gemini rising and I am constantly like overthinking things like I always have so many different ideas in my head and then also I would say for Gemini um the settling down thing or not wanting to settle is so accurate (laughs) so like I feel like Nick is my first boyfriend ever and before that I would just be like this is so unappealing like to have a long-term partner it was something like I wanted but I only wanted it like I knew that there was something specific for what I wanted out there like someone who's I knew that there was someone with like the perfect fit for me and I wasn't going to like settle until I found that. That's like my partner. He has Venus and Gemini and it's yes. so much about like he was so like easily losing interest in girls he dated before me. And <laughs> I do like the same chart. <laughs> yeah. And as an Aquarius, I do always keep him guessing because Aquarius, yes. you, never, you never know what Aquarius is going to do next. And this is true for the air signs too. I feel like they're very intellectual. Like I, my partner is a Gemini son too. And like that common, we're constantly like our conversations, just like it's a love language when you have air signs in your chart. Do you feel that way too, Alice? Yeah. Like I do like being able to constantly text people, like having constant flow of communication with people is so important to me. Yeah. I get so angry like for no reason about people that don't text back within like five minutes. <laughs> like it's so yeah. frustrating to me. Your, your mind too. I think that's in part like Mercury conjunct the sun in Aquarius. I feel like your mind moves like a million miles a minute. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like I do get so worked up that I like start crying. It's like mm, sometimes it's like too much and you find yourself overthinking every little thing and you just like get so frustrated with yourself 
Mm, yeah, I so relate to that. I feel so seen by that. I feel like, um, you know, especially all the air signs, some of those myths that they do have where they're constantly in their head, it's like we are constantly in our head. Like we're constantly thinking like, you know, I think like a big thing is I'm constantly thinking what would other people like how can I be more considerate of them and Mm -hmm. like how if I do this how will it affect people and it can be a bit overwhelming and so maybe Mm -hmm. if you're listening and you have air placements you can relate to that Um, but I know too another thing is kind of a shadow or myth of Gemini especially is like wanting to constantly smooth things over so I'll like want if I have if I'm around any argument and Libra I feel like plays into this big time too yeah it's I was like, gonna say Libra yeah definitely acts like this <laughs> yeah I think I I'm really uncomfortable with conflict and I'm always trying to like okay let's let's like oh I see that how that could happen in this like I think one one of the strengths is basically being able to like hold two different ideas mm-hmm. but sometimes that can come off as like not having strong opinions or like I don't I don't know does that make sense yeah Libra gets that reputation a lot too because they get this reputation for being um indecisive or not being able to form opinions for themselves and it's just because they're always thinking of like how is the other person going to perceive me I don't want to upset them so they are like that makes them a really good relationship sign really good at managing partnerships but learning how to be more I guess assertive and independent definitely comes harder for Libra and Gemini too it sounds like with Aquarius I notice when things get too emotional or too someone's too clingy I just detach and leave (laughs) (laughs) I love that though I honestly like I admire that I feel like because you're very good about knowing what it is that I don't know that you want to put that mental energy into maybe yeah, so I feel like Aquarius is like, I, I feel like out of all these sign categories we're talking about, there always is one sign that's a little different from the other two. Like the yes. one that's kind of like the outlier. Like Taurus was the one with the um, earth signs. I think with fire, when I think of the fire, I think Aries and Sag have a lot more in common than Leo maybe. I feel like Leo's the outsider there. And then with air, I feel like Aquarius is different. Always the fixed sign. It's always the fixed sign. And, yeah. And then when we're going to get to water now, Scorpio is definitely the one that's a little a little off. Yeah. So let's move into water, actually. So the big thing, I mean, Alice and I both have tons of water. Um, I have a Scorpio moon. She has Pisces, but emotional. <laughs> yeah. Like the big cliche is like crying all the time, just... Like, oh, I feel like with Pisces, especially, it's like the vibes are off, like that kind of thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, the memes, the memes yeah, are horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, a common thread across all water signs is just being very intuitive, being in touch with like other people's emotions, maybe too much sometimes where it's like you feel every little thing that's going on around you, which yeah. can be kind of draining. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Definitely. If you have water signs, a truth to that is you need to find some way to kind of create those shielding techniques or techniques or grounding yourself in the present. I feel like what's common between cancer and Pisces is the need to like selflessly give and nurture other people. Like Pisces is always feeling like sorry for other people and wants to like take care of like people who are in need or just like 
give a lot of themselves and sometimes not having firm boundaries. Whereas cancer is like being very concerned with people that feel close, like family or family itself and liking to have this like nurturing little bubble. Right. And sometimes that can be taken too far to be like, oh, they're just like this beautiful pile of like lovey-dovey energy all the time, which is not true, of course. Mm -hmm. Like we're all Mm -hmm. human. (laughs) Yeah. Like those are called like very sensitive. Um, I do think of them as more sensitive than Scorpio though. Okay. So yeah, I totally see that. I think what I, what you were just reminding me of, of Alice is, so I have a Scorpio moon and I feel like I'm still sensitive, but when, when it comes to nurturing, it's like there can be a lot of resentment there. And this is like not like I feel like this is actually how I feel. So like, for example, I've always been a huge feminist, even since I was young, because Mm -hmm. I so resented the idea that because I was a, a woman or a girl, I would have to be in this role of just constantly nurturing Mm-hmm. other people <laughs> like I mm-hmm. really resented it like um and so I think with Scorpio it's definitely like still emotional I definitely say I'm still sensitive but it's much more like um I don't know almost like a psychic psychic or intuitive sensitivity if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah I just think of like Scorpios being like stronger they they appear as like stronger because they can mm. keep their emotions under lock like under control. Yeah, very controlled. Yeah. yeah. And so a myth, uh, definitely when you say like a cliche of that is being like vengeful or like manipulative. Scorpio gets so dragged, I feel like. Yeah, why do they get called that stuff? Because I've only had good experiences with Scorpio moon people, <laughs> Scorpio sun. I've never had like a bad experience. I Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's because like, honestly, it's a lot of power. Like, I really feel like that's how I experience it. It's like definitely when I was younger, I think a lot more of the shadow came out with Scorpio where if you're not expressing your feelings in a healthy way, I could end up like, you know, coming off very, I don't know, like I'd bottle things up for a long time or be very secretive. Mm -hmm. And I think because people can't read Scorpios, which is huge, um, they just don't know what to say. <laughs> I feel like, like they don't know how to read us. So then I, we get like all of these cliches mm-hmm. and et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the need to control things leads to a lot of like jealous tendencies in relationships. Like maybe that's where the mm. negative memes come about is like yeah. Scorpio, like constantly checking in on who they're dating or getting like I don't know, keeping all their feelings private until they like snap and say stuff that's really aggressive and mean. Mm, Okay, that's a really good point too because I feel like with my Scorpio energy, how it comes out is actually like I will assume people can read my emotions and no one can, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And so I'll be like, oh my gosh, like how did they not pick up on this? And And then I'm like, oh, it's because I'm so good at controlling my emotions. Like Mm -hmm. I am very emotional, but I'm also very, I don't like showing them very easily. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's where the Scorpio myths come from too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do feel like uh, with all the water signs, um, there is like a tendency to maybe like shy away from your sensitive emotional side. Like it takes a little while Mm -hmm. to like own that part. Yeah, definitely like your upbringing and like how nature versus nurture and all of that too. Yeah, like with Pisces moon, it was like a lot of like wanting to separate myself from stronger emotions and like escape, escapism is like a big Pisces theme. 
like not mm, wanting to be yeah. fully present in real life just sometimes because it's a, it's very overwhelming. And that's a good example. I feel like, do you find that those Pisces kind of stereotypes are accurate for you? Like in some ways? I do like the interest with like the mystical and like all of that stuff is, is very accurate because it's like you need to connect to something bigger. They're just like, it's similar to Sagittarius in that way because both signs are ruled by Jupiter. It's like needing mm. to have some kind of deeper meaning in your life. And if you don't have that, then it is a lot of like, need, I don't know, with Pisces, there's this need to be alone a lot. And um, I don't, when you feel like there isn't a purpose in your life, there's this, I felt like I was drifting and like drinking a lot or just watching a lot of TV. And it was like not really understanding what my purpose was. Yeah, so true. So I think that's like um, even a good place to kind of wrap it up just by like, reflecting that sometimes people first get introduced to to astrology through pop astrology. I'd say that's most common, but it's almost like you recognize even in some of the stereotypes that there is a broader truth underneath that, like where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes those memes really hit home, I have to say. Yeah, sometimes they do. Um, But I remember like when I would read stuff before I knew I had a whole birth chart and I would read Aquarius stuff. I was like, this really doesn't fully makes sense and that's because I didn't know about the Pisces side of me um but yeah I do think there's I'm thankful for meme and pop astrology because it just makes more people aware of astrology and then they come to the astrologers to figure out more so it gives me business um (laughs) but yes it's not I just like hate the aggression surrounding it and like when someone says something about their sign there's all this like hate and like this person wronged me I hate Scorpios like it's just very aggressive especially on like TikTok and stuff like that Mm, yeah and it's yeah you're you totally nailed it (laughs) I feel Mm -hmm. like like everything you said resonates so much and I feel like it's helpful to you know I don't know like appreciate maybe is the word for it like you know, some memes memes can be funny or sometimes you can read something that's more generalized, but like understanding the deeper meaning behind it and how it relates to your birth chart and your life as a whole just gives you such a deeper understanding of yourself. And yeah, I feel like sometimes those myths are helpful to me because I almost see it to keep myself in check. Like I'm like, oh, that's that thing coming up again. Like I need to kind of you know, there's something here to be healed or to bring awareness to or like, Mm -hmm. you know, find my center again almost. Yeah, I think it's just like taking pop astrology and like what you see on Instagram or TikTok or the internet about like these like broad sweeping statements about your sign. Just like take it with a grain of salt. Like there might be some truth to it, but it's not like all that it's made out to be. Right, because I the thing I don't like about that pop astrology is that sometimes people will write off all of astrology for that because they'll be like, oh, well, I don't identify as that. Or they'll mm-hmm, see it mm-hmm. as like, well, that pigeonholes you into this one thing. But mm-hmm. actually, you do have all the signs and it shows up in different areas of your life. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so should we get into Q&A for this week? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So hopefully you guys found that helpful to understand a bit more about like debunking those myths of the zodiac signs. Mm -hmm. Okay. So question number one we have is, 
Could you please explain the meaning of having a house ruler in another house with a few examples? So every house in your birth chart is associated with the sign. Um, we use whole sign houses again. So one house equals one sign. And if you look at the sign on a house, okay, this is like where it gets like very confusing to explain, but <laughs> let's say you have, I'm going to give one of my houses as, as an example. So 11th yeah. house is associated with Gemini in my chart. If we know the rulers of all the signs, Mercury is associated with Gemini. So if, if I want to know more about my 11th house, I look at where Mercury is placed in the chart. Mercury's in the seventh house. So it shows that 11th house themes are also tied into seventh house themes. So it's like friendships and like friendships I value come through closer connections represented by the seventh house. Like I need like closer friendships rather than huge group kind of settings. Um, also it shows that like romantic interests and maybe long-term relationships come through friendships. Like I got set up with my partner through a follower. The 11th house is also like the audience. Um, so I found a relationship through a follower connecting me. And so that was like a friend slash follower that related back to relationships. I love how literal (laughs) that is. Yeah. So it's kind of like you have to tie the meaning of the two houses together. Like it's really helpful if you have no planets in one house and you really want to know more about what that house means to you. Or if you were like, really want to get into more details of like what you should be doing career wise or where you might meet your romantic partner. It's like, where is the ruler of that house placed in your chart? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And also too, if you have a house with no planets in it, this helps you understand that just a little bit more information. So when you have an empty house, as it's called, it's never really empty. You can always look to see where the planetary ruler is. Yeah. So like if you have an empty 10th house or an empty sixth house and you're like, wait, but like, I love working. Um, right. I don't, yeah. but like, what should, where should I find greater career direction? I don't have planets in, in these houses. What sign is on the six and 10th houses and where, what planet associated with that sign? Where is it in your chart? So if like, let's say you have, um, a Libra 10th house and Venus is placed in the third house. That means third house themes of communication, writing, um, like speaking are tied into your career. So making a career out of being a writer, maybe. Mm. Yeah. And so another career example for myself is like my second house has no planets in it, but it is a cancer second house. Like that's the sign on the cusp. So when I look to see cancer is ruled by the moon, where is the moon in my chart? It's like a scavenger hunt almost, Mm -hmm. but like the moon is in my sixth house as is the ruler of my 10th house and as is the ruler of my sixth. So like the sixth house is huge for me with career and work. And that like really makes it so that way I want to be of service. Yeah. In like a a bigger sense. Yeah. So very important looking at house ruler. Um, You can always like Google that stuff too. Or if you just like really get down like the meaning of each house. And then if you see that you have like an important career ruler in a specific house if you know the themes of that house really well Mm -hmm. that'll tell you so much yeah especially when you get into transits Mm -hmm. okay but I think we touched on that and this is kind of like you know 
a more advanced thing. So if that was confusing. Yeah, like that could um, go on and on. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so second question, though, is um, do rising sign degrees have significance? And we say yes, they do. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you want to give your reason first? Yeah, yeah. So um, with rising sign degrees, to back it up, every house and every sign, which is one and the same in whole sign, has 30 degrees in it. So it's like Aries to Taurus, like Aries has 30 degrees, then it starts back up at zero again to 30 for Taurus, zero to 30 for Gemini and so on. And within those 30 degrees, where your rising sign is placed will have a huge effect on your overall chart. And yes, we could get into that way more in depth. Actually, all 360 degrees of the zodiac have significance, but What's really important to note is the aspects that that ascendant is making. Yeah, like, um, for instance, my ascendant's at 14 Leo. And elsewhere in my chart, I have, like, Jupiter at 14 Libra. Um, So, like, that shows Jupiter is, like, closely connected to the ascendant. I would also say with the degrees of the rising... um, what's It's important when it comes to transits a lot of the time. Because that could signify, like... If, okay, let's say like you have a two degree Leo rising and someone else has a 28 degree Leo rising. If like a planet like Saturn is in Leo, Saturn takes two and a half years to move through a sign. So the two degree Leo rising is going to feel that almost two years before the 28 Leo rising, that Saturn transit across the rising sign. So I do feel like degrees of any angle or planet in the chart becomes so important when it comes to transits because that can like make a difference of like this could happen one year versus another yeah and the reason why it's specifically important to the ascendant is the ascendant is such a sensitive point in your birth chart and it basically you know when you are born if you had been born like 10 minutes earlier you could like the ascendant changes like multiple degrees so it's just important that you note what exact degree it is and then I always find that it's just like so indicative of changes mm-hmm. when transits happen there. Yeah. One thing I wanted to note is um, also part of this person's question was saying that um, they have a Virgo rising, but for whole sign charts, Libra rising makes more sense. No matter what house system you're using, if you're using equal, Placidus, whole sign, whatever it is, your rising sign is not changing signs. I just want to make that clear. Like you should always have the same degree and the same sign of rising sign. So like if you switch to whole sign, it should not automatically become a Libra rising from a Virgo rising. So I don't really know what chart this person's reading, but it should still be a Virgo rising. Yeah, exactly. And, and that basically whatever your ascendant is, that marks your first breath of life down to the minute. And mine, for example, is eight degrees Gemini, but my rising sign is Gemini too. Like ascendant is Gemini, rising sign therefore is Gemini. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And like that's, I do think like the degree of the rising, like the exact time of birth gets so important when someone has like a 29 degree or a zero degree rising sign. Cause if they had been born 10 minutes before, 10 minutes later, they would have the next rising sign over. So that's when it's like so crucial to have the birth sign of someone or the birth time of someone. Yeah, no, totally agree. And then actually one more example I wanted to give is that 
Saturn in my birth chart is exactly square my ascendant. And this is why degrees are so important because yes, I'm a Gemini rising, but I do have Saturn, but I do have Saturn squaring my ascendant, which really shows up in my personality, I feel like. Yeah, like makes it more like serious, get down to business type of thing. Maybe more yeah. like guarded at first. Definitely. Yeah. So it's important to kind of look to see what degree is your rising sign and looking at the aspects. Yes. Okay, so that's all the questions we're going to answer this week. Um, Thank you guys for listening. (laughs) Yes, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you found this interesting to kind of like debunk some of the myths of maybe what your zodiac signs are. I'm so curious if you guys resonated. (laughs) Yes, let us know. Yeah, and also if you want to follow us on Instagram, mine is Maxine Luthia. M-A-X-I-N-E-L-U-Z-I-A. And my username is Stock Alice, S-T-A-L-K-A-L-I-C-E. Yeah, and we'll just include it below too in the show notes. But thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.